Welcome to the C3 Church podcast. Here at church, we are passionate about people and helping them in their walk with God. We hope this Sunday message speaks to you today. Hello to everyone. Good morning to you all. Great to be here with you all. And good morning to you online. I want to give it up for... Colchester and Berry this morning. I just think that they've done an amazing job. In a moment, we're going to applaud them, but they did a fantastic job yesterday. We were in Berry, Steve and I, for their Christmas lunch. They had about 45 people there for lunch. And then in Colchester, they also had lunch. So throughout the day, we had impact lunches that were happening across our three locations. There was about 400 people that were fed over those lunches. So let's give it up for Colchester and for Berry, particularly, and for Cambridge. But oh, you didn't hear this morning that we congratulated you. So thank you so much. I don't know about you, but I really love Christmas. But I'm going to let you into a secret. It's quite stressful. Is it not? There's a lot going on. I mean, Steve and I have had five Christmas dinners already in a week and a half. Five Christmas dinners. And I have to think, you know, whether we can compare them, actually, they all taste a bit the same. Don't tell anybody that, but, you know, it's kind of like they're all the same meal. I'm going to spice mine up a little bit, I think, for this Christmas dinner. But actually, people in society find Christmas stressful too. And we've got a little bit of a survey that we thought we'd share with you some of the thoughts what people have around Christmas. So, what do we think Christmas comes to in place of life's events of how stressful it is? Do you think it's the first, the highest thing that is most stressful, or is the hundredth most stressful? Any, now, normally we don't say to shout out, do we, on a Sunday, but you can actually shout out. Anybody think, you know, it's the, the most stressful thing in life or the least stressful thing in life? Any, any thoughts, any percentage? Go for it. Third, okay. Seventh. Okay, let's have a look. Let's see. It's actually the sixth most stressful life event, according to the results of over 3,000 people. It's up there with moving house and changing jobs as the sixth most stressful event. Okay, so those have surveyed, they said it was the Christmas shopping was the most stressful thing. What sort of percentage do we think was the Christmas shopping was eventful, was most stressful? What do you reckon? At least 50% maybe? Let's have a look. 65% said the shopping part was the most stressful. I mean, I get it. Do you go for buying something and keeping the receipt just in case they don't like it and you can take it back? Or do you go for give me a link and I'll, I'll order exactly what you want and then they don't get a surprise? I'm kind of in between the two. I like a bit of a surprise and, you know, not getting it right as well. What about, I know the youth have stayed in today, 16, 24-year-olds. Who's the most pers- person to buy for? Who's the most stressful person to buy for, do you think? You've got a hand up. Who's most stressful to buy for? Are we going to give an answer? Okay. What do you, who do you think the person's most stressful to buy for? Oh, you. Yeah, you teenage. Yeah, is any agreement there with your parents do you think is most stressful to buy for? The survey actually said, let's see the answer, it's actually your dad. He's the most stressful person to buy for because he's got everything, hasn't he? You just don't know what to buy for him. So come on, dads, help them out. You know, give them some ideas of what to buy. You know, Christmas also can be a time where people have the most accidents. 
Do you know that people actually end up, um, one in ten, spilling fat on themselves and burning themselves when they're doing the roast potatoes? Some people actually cut themselves chopping up the veg. Apparently nearly 20... Oh, I've given the answer away. What percentage is nails from prepping veg? 20% hurt themselves chopping the veg. And this one, this one really, this really, really trickle, tickled me. One in 50 people fall out of the attic when they're getting the Christmas decorations. <laughs> I thought, oh man, that is bad. That's serious, that is. 2.6 million people have fallen off a stool or ladder were hanging up the decorations. And apparently you 16 to 24 year olds end up at A&E more than any other age group. It's stressful, hey? I think it's stressful sometimes because there's so much choice. Do you eat the sprouts? Do you not eat the sprouts? I mean, how many like the sprouts? Oh, a fair few hands liking the sprouts in here. What about you online? How many of you like the sprouts? Let us know online. But the other, the ultimate decision is, do you go for the celebrations or do you go for the quality streets? I mean, that's a choice, isn't it, that you've got to go for. How many for the quality streets? Oh, yeah, good hands going up. How many for the celebrations? Okay, I think there was quite a few quality street hands up this side, so we'll go from there. And there's quite a few celebrations that side, so we'll go for that one there. Choices, choices, choices. Christmas, what do you do? Are you looking? You're looking a bit sad, are you? These teenagers feel like they're missed out. So I knew they were staying in today, so I knew and I'd keep them keep them interested, keep them occupied. Christmas can be all about so many different choices. And I think that's partly why it can be so stressful. There's just so much choice and so much expectation. Not to mention the temptation when you go shopping that you buy all the gifts for yourself because you see something when you're out there rather than buying from everyone else. You think, oh, I'll get it now while it's in the sales and be gone next time I come back. And the temptation to spend money that you haven't got is all there for Christmas. We know sometimes with all that that's going on, we can lose the miracle of the season. We can lose what Christmas is all about. You know, we're very impatient as a society, aren't we? We like everything quick. We don't like to wait. And our series is called In the Waiting. And this week is about love in the waiting. You know, even when I go shopping to Tesco's or to Sainsbury's or any other supermarket might be named, I actually look for the queue that's the shortest. I always check out, you know, which is the basket shall I go to and who's got a big trolley and I won't go behind that one. I'll find the shortest queue. And if there's too many long queues... I will go to self-service because then you don't have to talk to anybody and it's really quick. You go in, you're out, and you're done. Anyone else like me? Yeah. We're impatient, aren't we? We don't like to slow down. But I think over this season, we need to slow down and see the beauty in the waiting, see the beauty in the season. When our kids were growing up, we had a way of kind of anticipating Christmas. We used to have little... Um, advent calendars and they were it was homemade by Steve's mum and she used to fill these little pockets and every day the children will take out their little sweets and their gifts and how many little rubbers we've got on the end of the pencil that erasers for you American on the end of the pencil that we had that you know it's just filled our house with a lot of little bits and pieces over the years every single day there was a gift something that we actually uh, opened every single day and uh, it was great anticipation. It was like the hors d'oeuvres. You know, there was a big present that was on its way. 
our, our kids were well into teenage years before they stopped getting those presents. Now this week in our C3 staff team, one of our ladies left the team for all good reason. She's pregnant and going to have a baby in the new year. So those of you who know Holly, yeah, she's getting a round of applause. It's a great celebration. It was a longed-for baby. We've yet to meet this little boy. We know it's a little boy, and we're excited to meet him and hold him and cuddle him. But we love him already, and we're in anticipation and waiting for this little boy. Now, when I was pregnant with my first, I couldn't wait for this child to be born. I did do the curry eating, the going on bumpy journeys, not saying anything about Steve's driving, but if it was good enough for Mary on a donkey, then it was good enough for me to see whether this baby would come out. Thought it was worth a try. We went through pregnancy with great expectation and anticipation. I did lots of planning and creating things. If you don't know, I love making beautiful things. So my house was decked out. The cot was ready. It was all decked out, everything prepared. Um, the car seat covers. I made my own car seat covers. Duh. Bouncy chair covers, sheets, bedding, one of those sleeping bag things. I made them all. Uh, bunting, you name it, I made it. I just wanted everything to be perfect for him. There was a great anticipation for his coming. There was a great expectation. First grandchild on my side of the family. Announcement had great joy attached to it, but then we started talking about the name. What were we going to call this child? And we decided that we wanted to call him Joshua David. Joshua, the Hebrew word for Jesus, he shall save. And David, the crowned one. It wasn't as popular in those days, over 30 years ago, <laughs> to have that name. And my father, not being a Christian, said to me, no grandson of mine is going to have a name like Joshua. And I said, sorry, Dad, but we like the name Joshua. And uh, I'm going to embarrass him really now because I thought you might like to see a photo of when he was little at Christmas. There. How cute is that? How cute is that? How do you, he looks like a Joshua, don't you think? Definitely. Well, I've got another photo of my, one of my favorite photos from Christmas in 2008. There you go. My three children, totally embarrassing them all. Isn't that amazing? 18, 16, and 10, I reckon they were right then. You see, with every single pregnancy that I've gone through, firstly with Josh, then with Becky Hope, then with a little one that never survived 10 weeks, and then with Megan Grace, I've often mused on the fact that such a small, restrictive space can be home for nine months. A baby knows no different. But think about Jesus. He decided he was in Mary's womb. He was in a restrictive place. He actually allowed himself to be so restricted, so confined, so humbled to give up his freedom, his space, his very essence in order that he could demonstrate his love for us. I think it's incredible that Jesus chose to become a human, a baby to live under our restrictions. He didn't go to it on a words, I believe. But he nevertheless, he chose to come. You see, with all the choices in the world, love is a choice. And love has choices in it. Love is a choice. And Jesus chose to love us. Jesus chose to come to the earth and be our savior. 
He restricted himself in a mother's womb and took frail humanity on himself. When I was a teenager and in student days, there was a song that I loved to play. Steve and I would play it often. We had various different artists that we loved to listen to. We used to sit in Steve's front room, his mum and dad in the back room. We'd let, we had LPs, records, and we'd play them for hours listening to this music. And one of them, this, this couple called Stuart and Kyle, it stuck in my mind. And as I was thinking of this message, it came back to me and I thought, I really want to play that song over you. So I'm really hoping that this works well. You can have a, a sense of the conversation that might have happened in heaven before Jesus came to earth. Can we play? It's called, Will You Go? Jesus, I want you to go to earth and give your life for the sinner. Will you go? Will you go? They'll sniff at the words that you speak for the sinner will you go Jesus will you go Love of his love. 
Thank you, Jesus, that you were willing to come and die for us. Amen. Amen. See, love is a choice, but love also has an action attached to it. It says in Philippians 2, 6 to 11, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus didn't use his entitlement. He didn't use his relationship with God or his sovereignty to lord it over people. But rather, he became like us. He made himself nothing. He knew who he was, he knew what he had, yet he chose and he acted in our best interest, not his own. And God's response is that he exalted him. He put him in the highest place. You see, the Lord opposes the proud, but he lifts up the humble, the humble of heart. You see, the more that we think that we are somebody and we have more rights than other people in the world, the less likely we are to be acknowledged and to be lifted high and to given leadership positions because God opposes the proud, but he lifts up those who are humble in heart. The father knew that Jesus could handle the accolades. He knew he could, he could handle the glory, the worship, because he demonstrated heart for the people. Jesus took his advantages and used them for our advantage. As we think of Advent and all that happens around the birth of Jesus, remember love. Love is a choice and love is an action. It's a doing verb. We do things and that makes an action. Jesus came and he gave. He did something for us. I always think of the Good Samaritan story. The ones that walk past the priest and the Levi walk past the person that had been beaten up on the side of the road. It wasn't until the Good Samaritan came and moved over and helped and bound up wounds and put the man on a donkey and took him to an inn. It was a doing thing. Love has an action and part of it. You know, that, that Good Samaritan brought him to an inn. I've always had this sense that that inn is like a picture of the church, that we could be a place where the broken, the hurting the ones who have been beaten up by society, the ones that need care and love, that this could be a place, and this is a place where people can come and can feel safe and feel encouraged, be part of a community and loved back to life. You see, love is an action, and we need to walk into the action of love. He made himself nothing for us. But, you know, I think this Christmas we need to choose love. We need to choose love in all our relationships. The writer of the Philippians, just before this passage, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He who lowered himself, who made himself nothing, who didn't take on entitlement, but thought of the people and the reason and the vision that God had, that God the Father had for the future. That was what his was his driving force because of love. 
How do we choose love, I wonder, this Christmas time? Well, we lay down entitlement, a sense of that we deserve things in life. We lay it down and we choose gratitude. Gratitude for what we have, but gratitude for what he has done. Gratitude that spills out to the people around us, that we want to extend our love to people around us. I wonder whether we choose love. We choose not to be offended when we've got every opportunity to be offended. We choose not to take on the offense, but we choose to actually to forgive and to let it go. I know when it's Christmas time, it can be a time when you've got relatives and friends and people coming in, and sometimes that can be stressful all in itself. Let you on a secret, sometimes that's stressful for me when my family all descend upon me and to my home. And you know, you can either decide it to be stressful or you can choose to walk in love together. Choose not to be offended. Choose not to play out your long-going disputes that have been happening maybe for years. Maybe this year you can have a peaceful and calm Christmas together. Choose to help and serve the people around us. Maybe choosing love means loving somebody enough to invite them to a Christmas service so they don't miss out on the message of Christmas, what it is really about. Maybe that's a way of choosing love. Maybe we choose to lower the expectations that we put on the people around us. Maybe for the gifts or coming to your home or the pressure to gather when actually it's not actually practical. Let's lower the expectations and not put ourselves under pressure this Christmas. Let us live in the anticipation that Jesus' love will be revealed this Christmas. And let's pray that many people will come to know him. One way I believe that we can work our relationships together is to stop, think, and choose a response. Stop, think, and choose. Sometimes we have automatic reactions to our relationships with one another. I remember one, t- one time that I was in a meeting and there was a plate of biscuits in front of me. And this biscuits were here, I was thinking, I don't need biscuits. I've eaten my dinner tonight. I don't need any more calories. Those biscuits are in front of me just as temptation. I don't need to eat any of them. I'm going to go through this whole meeting. I'm not going to eat a biscuit. Right, Angie? If you're listening to yourself, you're not going to eat them. Fine, I'm not going to eat them. And something happened within that meeting that really annoyed me. And before I knew it, my hand shot out and a biscuit was grabbed and it was in my mouth before I could even think about it. And this reaction in me was like, I deserve a biscuit. And I took it and I ate it quickly. You know what? Sometimes we can live in a reaction with the way that we relate to one another. But this Christmas, let's choose love. Let's to be like how Jesus was. Let's think of the bigger picture. Let's think of the vision of why he came to earth. Let's stop. Let's think before we act. And let's choose love for one another. Can we stand? I'd love to pray with you as we draw this service to a close. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came and you died. Lord, that you chose to restrict yourself, Lord. Restrict your freedom. Restrict your privileges. Restrict your rights, Lord. You came because you knew 
there was a bigger issue at stake, that the salvation of the world was at stake. Lord Jesus, we just want to honor you. We just want to thank you. We want to worship you here this morning. And Lord Jesus, we want to say we want to be more like you. May we this Christmas time reach out to more people than we've reached out to before. May we in our relationships with one another show love to one another, that we will choose love. Lord, we make that decision today to walk in your love. And we pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would guide us and help us. Lord, maybe there's a friend that we need to reach out to. Maybe there's a family member we need to say sorry to. Maybe there's somebody we need to connect with. Lord God, may this Christmas be enveloped with your love, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the C3 Podcast. This message has spoken to you today in some way. We would love to know. Reach out to us at hello at the C3.uk. And if you want to extend the reach of what we do here, why not consider giving by going to thec3.uk forward slash giving. And as always, subscribe to our channel and share this episode with a friend. We hope to see you soon.
be honest, I was looking at my wife and I remembered that she was speaking. I first loved you. We've been married 38 years. Thank you very much. I hope that's an applause for my wife, how she could have coped that long. But I first noticed her. And I made the move. She was 12, I was 14. Honestly, it's too young, all right? It's too young. Don't go there. Don't get married until you're at least 30. No, no, it could be younger. It could be younger. And so we, uh, I, I wooed her with cards expressing my love. Roses are red, violets are blue. God made me pretty. What happened to you? Well, wasn't that nice and kind? And we have a weird and wonderful relationship. 50% weird, 50% wonderful. But I won her over. I made the first move. God came to seek and save that which was lost. He's always a God of the first move. And we respond to what he has done. So as we draw our service to a close, I'm going to ask any of you here, any of you online, or any of you watching in the prisons across the nation, do you know Jesus loves you? He chose. He actioned. He did. Something for you. He left the glory of heaven. He did come. It's that vulnerable babe. We're going to pray a prayer that we're all going to pray out loud. You can pray it out loud online or in prison too. At the end of this, if you're in the room, I'm going to say if you prayed it for the first time, or maybe as a recommitment to God, because lots of people have walked with God and then gone away, sometimes because the church has done a number on them, sorry. But you can come back to Jesus today. And at the end, when I say amen, if you prayed this for the first time, or as a recommitment, just raise your hand. We'd love to give you a Gospel of Luke with some Bible reading notes to help you. There is a specific gift from us here at C3. Or if you're online, contact us or in the prisons, write to us. We would love to send you on. But let's close our eyes, bow our heads and pray. Pray this all out loud, church, to help them doing it for the first time or as a recommitment. Say this. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus today, today I, choose you I choose you as my leader and Lord. Thank you for loving me so much that you left heaven to come to earth, to die for me. I choose you, Jesus Christ. Forgive my past. Give me a new start. In your name I pray. Amen. Still with the heads bowed, eyes closed. You prayed that first time as a recommitment. You want to take a Bible with you or a gospel of Luke. We just raise your hand. Anyone in the room saying yes, recommitment or first time? Let me look across the room. Anyone here saying yes to Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. Thank you, God. Father, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to finish with a song of celebration in a moment but this is the last service before our Christmas events and New Year 
And so we hope you've invited. Don't forget to fill in online your place to come to Oh What Wonder. Don't forget that in the foyer coffee area, we've got these T-shirts or hoodies. Noel, peace. I wore my peace shirt last week at a football, Christians in football event at Wembley. We went last Sunday afternoon, and a guy came up to me and said, I thought you'd be wearing your Liverpool shirt. I said, well, I like Liverpool, but I'd rather have peace. And Liverpool are doing very well, if I might just mention that. But nevertheless, now the top of the league, it feels right to just say it. But this is great merch that makes a statement. Peace on earth. Noel means birth or the coming of Christ, birth, arrival. And that's what we're celebrating. So if you want to buy any of that, that's outside in the foyer. We'd love to see us all wearing that. And then the one last thing, when we come back in the new year, second week of January, we're starting a series based on the book of Romans. But it's also based on this book from a friend of ours, Dr. Andrew Allerton, who's written a book all about book of Romans. Paul Reed, a friend of ours, said best book he's ever read on Romans. And we've got so many guests. We've got Chris Kandaya, we've got Amy Ort Ewing, we've got our in-house team with Elspeth Darley, myself, Ange. We've got lots of different people as well. Uh, Daniel Rolfe from the United States. All part of this is being filmed and it's in partnership with the Bible Society and then it's going to be used in churches all over the country who want to imbibe themselves of this teaching program. Kate Coleman will be with us as well. I can't remember all the names, but it's going to be a great series, the longest single Bible series we've ever done in the history of C3 that goes from January the 14th to after Easter. We're going to be doing it in our groups in midweek, small groups as well. And this book we'll love you to read and get hold of. So you can buy it just for £13. You can buy it in the foyer. Why don't you buy it for a friend if you can't, if they, you know they can't afford it, and give it as a gift for Christmas? And we all want to be on the same page, literally doing this book and following the book of Romans all the way through January, February, March, and a little bit of April. So please do that. There'll be a prayer team at the end here. As you go out, there's our next step stand. If you want to know more about C3, we would love you to get connected, become part of the family. Can we give a round of applause to Pastor Angie for that great message? Let's go and show and demonstrate and choose our love and let's worship him with this beautiful last song. God bless you. See you next week at Oh What Wonder.
you so much for joining us today, Church Online UK, especially if you are new. If you are new, we would love to get to know you. Say hello in the chat, maybe join our Discord, and we as a community can get to know you. Next Sunday at 9.20, we will not have a service, which is really sad, I know, but we do have our Oh What Wonder Christmas show at 7.30 p.m. GMT. And I want to encourage you to come along to that, to get excited about all things Christmas as we kick off our Christmas season here at church. And invite someone to come along. It's such an easy invite. As it's online, share it. Say, hey, I'm going to be attending this online. Why don't you watch with me? And we will also be rebroadcasting that several times during this season as well. If you need prayer right now, or if you would like a blessing, post it in the chat below, and we will pray for you right now and in the week. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again soon. Bye-bye.
Thank you.